Welcome to the Glory Bell Podcast. We invite you to join us at Glory Bell Church on Sundays at 10 a.m. in downtown Waco. For more information about our church, you can visit us online at glorybell.com or on Instagram and Facebook at Glory Bell Church. Thanks again for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the message. Come on. Now, I think she had like an in-ear like of the wobble or something. Like She's like... Popping and locking, too. It's just like so funny. All right. So um, you guys, man, you look great. You sound great. And I'm so awesome. I mean, I'm so awesome. Y'all are so awesome. (laughs) Again, if you can't laugh at church, you're missing out. Okay. I almost want to say I scripted that. That was so funny, but I didn't. That was an accident. You guys are really awesome, and uh, we're excited that you're here with us. And uh, man, I'm going to give a sermon here for the next about 25 minutes, uh, and then we're going to give somebody at the chance today to make a fresh start with Christ. That's what we're here for every weekend. So uh, we're delighted that you're here with us, and we're continuing our series called I Declare War. Um, that is declaring war on the person that you know that you're not supposed to be, but you, the person that you want to become is who God is calling you to be. So uh, it's based on a book by Levi Lusco. You can pick that up on Amazon. You can pick it up at your local bookstore. Uh, but I Declare War by Levi Lusco. This is our second week. Last week we shared uh, part one, and it was entitled Fix Your Mind. All right? Fix Your Mind. Today... Get ready for it because it's entitled Fix Your Mouth. Fix Your Mouth, all right? Uh, when I say declare war, it's really important that we understand that I'm not talking about like uh, any type of actual uh, weapons of mass destruction or guns like that, but I'm talking about like the war within ourselves because we do have an enemy, right? We have an enemy. We know that. Scripture is very clear. Three enemies that we can talk about. I said this last week, but we know Satan. There is uh, uh, an enemy of darkness, right? Satan is uh, like a roaring, roaring lion. Uh, he is an adversary, but we know. We read the back of the book, and we win. Say what? Like we crush the head of the serpent with our heels, what Scripture says. We are victorious, but you still need to know. Do not be ignorant of Satan's devices, right, of the attacks that he has on you, and that we're not fighting. I'm quoting a lot of Scripture up here, but we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against principalities and darkness, the rulers of darkness, okay? There is a spiritual war going on in your life. That's the first enemy. The second enemy is really just life. Okay, that's the ways of this world. Scripture says, guard your heart against those ways because they're contrary to the ways of God. Uh, That's why we we call it kingdom culture. That's not like there's a cult. It's like a kingdom culture. The the ways of God are totally different than the ways of the world. You know, the world says, uh, you know, uh, uh, if somebody takes something from you or like if somebody punches you, you punch them back, right? Kind of we want that sometimes. Amen, right? But the ways of God are like, if somebody does that, just turn your, turn your cheek and let them hit you again. Well, wait a minute. That's not fun. Or if somebody hurts you, go ahead and forgive them. But that's the way of God works. God says, give, and it will come back to you. Meanwhile, the ways of the world are keep it all to yourself. But the ways of God says the world of the generous gets larger and larger. So you have to continually fight that battle against the ways of the world. The third enemy, though, is often the greatest enemy in our life, and that is ourself. Uh, you could point the finger right at yourself, right here in your mind. So much of the battle, the warfare that we are going on in life starts right here and right here. So today we're sharing on this subject, Fix Your 
mouth, for I declare war. Because what you say has power. The words that you express carry a lot of weight. And while it's important we're saying I declare war, George Washington said it like this, preserving or preparing, excuse me, for war is one of the most effectual means of preserving peace. I know you and I, we want peace in our lives, so how do we have peace? Well, let's prepare for the war that, that, that is really happening inside of us. Uh, the first way you can do it, as we talked about last week, is fix your mind. If you can change the way you think, you can change the way you feel. And then here's a key uh, phrase for today. If you can change what you say, you can affect how you feel, okay? If you can change what you say, you can affect how you feel, all right? Uh, fix your mouth. Now, I want to tell you just a personal story as we get started. Uh, about uh, two and a half weeks ago, right there at the end of the year, uh, I was making a deposit in the bank, uh, bank ATM. Uh, don't you love technology? Uh, anybody use the mobile banking, like deposit checks? So awesome. Uh, how many of y'all are check writers in here? Oh, man. Oh, man. It's, it's kind of kind of cool to see the age demographics, you know. Uh, What's well, so funny, I was talking to a banker, like vice president of a bank uh, a few weeks ago, and he's like, oh, you don't use checks, do you? And this guy's, he's older than me, and I was like, yeah, he's like, I hate, or, I mean, I said, no, not really. He said, good. He said, because I hate checks. I mean, they're just the worst thing. I was like, you're a banker. Like, why would you hate checks? But anyways, uh, some of you use checks. Most of us use debit cards. Cash is king. Anybody use cash? You're like a cash person? Okay. Uh, well, I like to use that mobile banking is awesome, but every now and then i got to make deposits, and especially for a church, going into the bank. Well, the bank was closed, so I was like, I'm going to go to the ATM. So I went to the ATM. Y'all, this is the second time I've had major issues with the bank ATM. And uh, this time, I put in my deposit for the church and got ready to leave. And didn't give me receipt, and it ate my debit card. I was like, y'all, I'm about to go on a spending spree. Now I've got to be on a spending freeze. So like, I was going to use that. Right? And, but it's life, so I was like, you know what? I just took a picture of the ATM number. I started calling like right away. Got in the car. I was like, hey, uh, you know, waited on hold, whatever. Did the whole deal. Hey, I'm gonna, I need a new debit card. And they're like, well, you can pay money to get a new debit card. I was like, well, it's your fault, you know? But I was like, I'll fight that battle later, but not today, Satan. So uh, I said, you know, I'm going to get a new debit card. Then they were like, well, you can get it in five business days, or you can expedite it. You get it in one to two business days, and there's a fee for that. And I was like, okay, this fee belongs to you and not me. But I'm going to, you know what, I'll pay that just because I'm ready to get my debit card. So I pay the fee. Fast forward. Get into the next week. Like now it's business day too, so I go check the mail. And y'all, I got some mail, but I did not get my debit card. So I was like, man, this is not good. Thankfully, my wife also had uh, the debit card, so I was using hers. And you know, nobody ever checks ID on those anyway, so it's fine. Um, but I started using the debit card. Well, then I went back to check day three. No, there's no, there's no debit card. Day four, day five, day seven, no new debit card. So then I'm thinking like, but I'm still getting mail in my mailbox, so I know it's working. And uh, then I'm like, you know what? Maybe I misplaced it. Maybe I grabbed it and I, and I didn't have it. And so I started looking in all the places that we keep mail. I would love to tell you that we're super organized, but we're not. So we have about four places where mail ends up, you know? Anybody have like 
you know, a few collecting points. Uh, so I checked all of those, checked them twice, and I have a thing at my house where I do, I, I do not ever say I lost something. I've only misplaced it temporarily. Can I get a good amen? Okay. Uh, so my wife's like, you lost that. No, I temporarily misplaced that. But I could not find it, so I thought, okay, you know what? Well, then day seven turned into day 10. I was like, finally, I've got to call this. So I called the bank, said, hey, you guys supposed to send me a debit card? Uh, and they're like, well, man, that's so weird. We sent that out on, on January uh I think January 3rd is when it went out. I was like, okay, well, that's weird because I still don't have it, and it's January 19th, you know. Um, they're like, well, let's, we'll look up, well, let's look up at the tracking number. So they looked up the tracking number, and they're like, yeah, sure enough, it was delivered right there in Waco, January 5th. I was like, what? That is so weird. So I like, called the UPS store. that, hey, y'all be holding my mail. Because the one time they did, they legitimately misplaced a check. And I was like, significant. So I was like, y'all are, are holding my mail. And they're like, well, what's, let's, what's the tracking number? So I gave them the tracking number. And they're like, it's somebody signed for it. Uh, it. It looks like a Chuck, but maybe it's a church. I don't know. I was like, wait a minute. Somebody is impersonating me. How do they know that I had a debit card? And they're like, but you know what? We can put a hold on this, but because it's a holiday weekend, uh, this weekend, they're like, it, you're not going to get it till like middle of next week earliest. And I was like, man, really? I was like, well, you know what? If I, I'll do one more check at home to see if I can find that debit card. Y'all, I picked it up and signed for it. <laughs> the problem is, I was expecting it to come in an unmarked envelope like this. You know what I'm saying? where you can fill the debit card in it. You know what I'm talking about. But I never got a, an envelope like this from the bank. I only got this envelope. But it was in there the whole time. And it was sitting right on my desk, right on top. And I had never opened it. There's something wrong with me. Now, why would you tell that ch story? Well, it's, it is to poke fun at myself, but it's also to help you realize that what I'm about to share with you today may not come in the package that you thought, but it could change your life. This sermon about fixing what you say is so critical. It holds the very thing that you've been looking for, that you've been going to the mailbox, so to speak, in your spiritual life, thinking, what is it? How can I change the way I live? What is it that can help me make 2020 different than 2019? Well, I want to say one of the biggest ways is to fix your mouth. Start saying what God says. Start declaring the promises of God. So let's go. Let's open up scripture, if you will. Ready? The first scripture I want to read to you is from Proverbs 18, 21. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. So, you know, in Scripture, you've heard that phrase, uh, you know, the love of money is the root of all evil. So money itself is not evil, but it's the love of money. Well, kind of you spin that a little bit. Here we are. We're talking about how powerful the tongue is. It can either bring death or life. And guess what? You choose. No one is in control of what you speak like you are. 
And what are you speaking? Are you speaking life or are you speaking death to your situation, to your circumstances? It's time in 2020. Let's make the commitment. Let's declare war on the things that we say and let's start speaking life. You know, studies vary how many uh, words we say. The truth is we know this. Women speak more than men, right? Okay. Uh, I saw one study last night that said women speak like tens of thousands of words, uh, but we actually only say about 700 meaningful words a day. It's like, wow, that's, that's overkill, you know? Uh, but they were saying in this study that women use a lot more filler words where like men are like kind of straight to the point. We know that's the truth. But guess what? Regardless if you're male or female, the person that we speak most to is ourself. We talk most to ourselves, whether it's muttered from our lips or it's in our head. We are speaking constantly. And I want to know, are you speaking life? Are you speaking death? Because the power of life and death is truly in the tongue. We know this. We've heard this before. It's not just simply positive speaking, but it is so critical to what we have to do in the way that we feel and the way that we see things in life. Um, in fact, here we go. I'm looking at my notes to make sure I'm on point. Words are so powerful. I have a little practice exercise for us. Uh, I don't know who you're sitting next to, but you shouldn't be alarmed. Really quickly, every, all across the room, I want to show you how powerful words are. I want to count to three, and on three, I want you to close your eyes, and then I'm going to say about three or four words, and at the end of those, you're going to think of some things, okay? All right, so, but I want to tell you, ready? One, two, three, close your eyes, all across the room. Dog. Big dog. Mean dog. Okay, now you can open your eyes. All right, now, really quickly, how many of you saw a dog in your head? Okay. How many of you saw three different dogs? How many of you saw Snoop Dogg? Okay, I don't know. I don't know about that. Uh, I can't fix that. But how many of you saw the, the, the word dog spelled out? Anybody? Okay, a few of you. Y'all are the really smart ones, okay? The rest of us are like visual pictures. Um, Okay, but words are so powerful. Just by a spoken word, it creates a mental image, and it really, those begin to form and shape our reality. And it is so important that we're speaking life. And not only are we speaking it, but we're around people that speak life. Are you surrounding yourself with leaders or losers? Hello. I've heard it said that the direction of your life will, uh, like your future will look like the five greatest influences you have in your, in your circle. So it will be the sum total of the five strongest relationships in your life. So your finances are going to look like the average of your five closest people. Your leadership style, your effectiveness as, an, as a human is going to look like the five closest people you allow in your life. That's not in my notes, but that was for free, and it will change your life. So are you hanging around lo losers or leaders? Because you need to hang around people who are positive, who are speaking life. Think about this. Words, I, I had you close your eyes, and I said a few words. But the truth is, words, whether it's one word or a phrase, they hold so much significance. You can say a, word like, a phrase like, will you marry me? Just a few words, but man, it's so powerful. Or I love you, or I'm sorry. Uh, those are just short phrases, but words hold significance. We know that uh, words are powerful, right? Because we, we were taught as a, a little kid, we try to overcome that statement or that phrase, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But we know that's not the case. If we're honest in this room, and I know that we can be, but we don't have time, we could all probably think of a situation and scenario where somebody's words really hurt us. Uh, maybe it wasn't hurt you, but they really helped you and built you up. 
You know, uh, in my, my personal encounter, uh, about eight years ago, uh, I was uh, doing some ministering, and uh, a, a leader in my life, he really meant it to help me, he, and he ultimately did. But the leader in my life, I walked off the stage, and he was like, uh, I just don't think you're called to this. He's like, what? He's like, that, he's like, I think you may have missed your calling. You're just not very good at public speaking. I was like, oh my God, talk about crushing my spirit. I was like, man, I, this is something that I've longed for and I do feel called to do it. And I told him in that moment, I was like, look, I'm willing to fight for that. I'm willing to fight for that. I want to prove you wrong. Well, how many know he may have, he may, and he's admitted later, he's like, I didn't know, I didn't intend to, intend to hurt you, and I didn't intend to make it respond like that, but that was a catalyst in my life, and I was like, I'm going to get better and not get bitter. Hello, somebody, because you can't live positive and think negative and speak negative, right? So, but words still have power. You and I, what we say has so much significance. Let's take a look at scripture. Um, James, oh man, I want to read this. This is uh, I, I, later in, in the passage. Okay, James chapter 3. Here we go. This is several verses, verse number 1. You've heard this passage before probably. But dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church. For we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if you could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. Man, that is like worthy of a good amen, right? This is so key what James, he's just pretty straightforward. He says, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. Hello. But a tiny spark sets a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, get this, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Okay, check this out. Verse 7. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord the Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And in so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No. And you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. And it's not in the text, but basically he just said mic drop. <laughs> like he just unloaded 12 verses of like gold, you know. And, and then he just left it, and he moves right along in his, in his letter. But it, it, is, it is so critical. You and I take, take what is at heart. We know this. We've seen this before. We can tame all types of animals, but we can't tame the tongue. And as he was saying in the passage of Scripture, there's a moment where we're praising God and we're lifting him up, and then there's another moment where we are arguing with our spouse or tearing down our kids or tearing down ourselves even. And you and I, we have to fix our mouth to begin to say the things of God, to speak things, because that can totally change the way we feel. And if we can change the way we feel, we can change the way we live. Uh, I have a couple more things. I, I just I had to go back on my notes. But I was reading in a study for this, as much as this 
reference in Scripture talks about the strength and the power of the tongue and what we say. I love this phrase. An unguarded strength is like a double weakness. An unguarded strength is like a double weakness. And you can look at, uh, in Scripture, Solomon. Scripture says he's the wisest man in the entire world. And yet he made some really foolish mistakes. Made some terrible decisions. Well, a strength in your life can be what you say. But if you don't guard what you say, it can become a double weakness. But if it's, if, it's, if it's used correctly, man, it can totally steer the direction of your life. Just as a small rudder steers a ship, even in high winds, what you say has so much power. You and I, come on, let's be honest. Let's get real. You can't be real unless you reveal. Let's reveal what's in our hearts. Sometimes we struggle to speak positive when life is negative. It is so difficult. It's easy to practice, but hard, or it's easy to preach, but it's hard to put into practice. But it's worth it because just as Scripture says, okay, what you say brings forth fruit in your life. Uh, It is so vital that you and I are saying the right things. All right, here we go. I, I, I love this. This statement, this is a sticky statement. Here, you can have what you say, but instead we say what we have. This, that's like a statement about speaking in faith. You can uh, have what you say, but most of us say what we have. If you want the promises of God to be fulfilled in your life, let's start digging those out of the scripture and start declaring them over our lives. Start declaring them. You know, this is um, such a powerful principle. I, I've really, I've been encouraged by it. I've been so convicted by it. Um, but it's something that's it's that core to who I am. So uh, several years ago when Renly started school, even in, um, in kindergarten uh, and uh, pre-K, we started like trying to speak positively over him. Uh, when, before Renly was ever born, we started like declaring like Renly's going to be 6'3". He's going to have his mom's eyes. He's going to have his dad's teeth. He's going to be, uh, we're praying. Our, I'm, I know it sounds funny, but we were like specific. Uh, we're like, he's going to, uh, he's got a, his wife is going to be, you're already preparing his wife even right now. I'm telling you, while the baby's in the womb, we're starting to pray these things and declare these things. Hey, because it holds so much weight. Your words are weighty. Okay, your words are weighty. So we started saying those things. Well, fast forward, really gets into school, and we started saying every single day on the way to school a declaration. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it for you. Uh, so just kind of give you a point of reference. But Renly says every day, I'm a child of God. My God is powerful and almighty. He is the king of all kings. And Jesus, Renly, so about every six months we add a new statement on here. So Renly added this one. Uh, he is king of all kings, and Jesus was born on Christmas Day. Can you think about what time of year that happened? He just said that one. He said, uh, he says, I'm a peacemaker, a team builder, and a mighty warrior. And my name is Renly Gideon. Today I will make a positive difference in the lives of others because I live to glorify God. And today will be a great day. Well, he can only say those things because it's, it's, it's right out of the word of God. It's life-giving. And what you say can shape the way you feel. And if you can shape the way you can feel, you can change the way you live. Uh, I wrote this declaration and manifest. I would love to tell you that I say it every day, but I don't. But January um, 21st, 2015, this is what my mantra is. I want to live life to the fullest. 
I want to love God and love people. I will laugh often and love every day. I will inspire others, not simply with the words I say, but by the life I live. I will love my wife, Ashley, with everything I have in me, and I will be a role model for my children. I will become wise, wealthy, and ridiculously generous. I am an avid reader, leader in my community, influencer, and pastor. I am quick to give grace, but slow to hold a grudge. Most importantly, I want to give Jesus to everyone I come in contact with. Okay? I'm not bringing these up to say, oh, that's, well, pat on your back. That's awesome. No, I want you guys to be inspired and motivated. My friend Jay over here in the corner, Jay's an awesome leader in the community. Uh, he helps us with our social media team. Did you know that's a part of church now is we have social media teams? Thank God for them. Uh, uh, but Jay helps us with this, and he posted on his personal uh, 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 social media this week about the only thing that's, your 2020 will look the same as your 2019 unless you put in some different habits to change the way you live well one of those is change the way you speak and if you can change this if you can start saying the word of god or the declaration over your life it will make a big difference so uh going back to the launch of our church back in september ashley and i have talked about this about introducing a confession or a declaration that we would say as a church uh every service or very frequently and uh, we talked about it, and we didn't, we didn't come to uh, like a piece about what we were going to say. Uh, but knowing that this sermon was coming up, I thought, you know, this would be a great sermon to introduce uh, our Glory Bell Declaration. So uh, I started praying about it. This week, I really sat down, I journaled, and I wrote about all these phrases like that I thought are really great. But i got to be honest with you, I couldn't come to uh, the final phrase. But... I am inspired by my friend, uh, Pastor Paul Doherty in Victory Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Pastor Paul and I went to school together in, at ORU. And um, today, if you didn't know this, Timmy, who led worship right here with the guitar on, he's from Victory Church. Give it up for Timmy. I don't know if y'all saw that, but he had the fire emoji right over his head while he was singing. I have never, it may have just been my eyes, but... There was no, but truly, he's came and he ministered to our team last night, really ushered us into the presence of God today. Thank you, Timmy. Timmy, come on up here really quick. I had him do this with our team earlier. Uh, for now, we're adopting this confession and declaration that they say at Victory Church. They say it every, every Sunday and give them a little snippet of what it's about and lead us through it. Yeah, we believe at Victory that you cannot live a positive life with a negative mouth. We say that every single week. Um, and so we say this declaration of faith. Uh, and it's so beautiful to see. We, we stand up, we hold hands, and it's, you know, a church of 10,000 people all across, just kind of like this room tonight or, or this morning, just people across different generations and denominations and races. It's just beautiful to see us all declare this together. And you have people who are going through a divorce on one row. Some people just got married. Some people who just lost a child. Just everyone across the the room in different areas of life, but saying this faith statement together. And it's so powerful when we come together as a community and say this in faith. So are we, gonna, are we doing this right now? Let's do it. Yeah, let's stand up and let's uh, hold hands, lift our hands. We also say that a divided world needs a united church. And uh, the world needs to see this right here. In a world that gives us so much negativity on the news, this is what they don't tell you about, that there is a church that is united. So we uh, just repeat after me, and this is just really simple, but it goes a little something like this. We say, I'm here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive. 
because God is not finished with me yet. Here we do this three times. My best days. My best days. My best days are right in front of me. And I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Oh, man, that is so awesome. If you're looking for the thesis of today's sermon as we get ready to close, what you say determines what you see. It is so powerful what we say together. See, some of you have taken pictures of that. You can leave it on the screen, Timmy. Uh, We're going to say this declaration often. Words have so much power because it changes the way you feel. And if you can change the way you feel, you can change the way you live. We're declaring war on the old self, on the negative me, the pessimistic uh, uh, glasses half empty person and glasses half empty and doom and gloom. No, God is for us. God is not against us. Uh, We are overcomers. I know that your situation doesn't feel like that, but there is something about confessing the word of God. We can have what we say or we can say what we have. So I'm going to declare what God sees for me and in us and in you. Uh, I, I learned this a leadership principle a long time ago that you don't speak to people where they are, but where their potential is at. And, and don't you thank God that God didn't love us as we were? but he saw us for who he could be. Let's start loving people, talking to people, and treating them for who and how God sees them. Not Matthew, but Psalm 19, verse 14. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. There's so many key phrases in here, but may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord. I can remember my dad... Uh, he would get up and pray every early morning, every early, every morning, early in the morning, and uh, that was like his that was his statement. He would, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight. That's so important because what it says in Matthew, it says, uh, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the mouth of the heart, the mouth speaks. There's a whole parable in there that Jesus is talking about to the Pharisees, and he's saying, "You guys are so caught up on what you can eat and what you can't eat." And he says, "It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you; it's what comes out of your mouth. And what comes out of your mouth is the abundance of the heart. So, what is your heart dwelling on? That's why that passage in Psalms that David writes is, "Let the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, and let the words I say be uplifting." and life-giving because it's so, so valuable. It's so critical. I need, I have a closing illustration really quickly. I need somebody, uh, anybody that says they, they can do some push-ups. You don't have to do a lot, but some of y'all, I know we started out at the beginning of the year. Come on. Yes. Darius has been waiting for this moment. My bro's been documenting that gym time. Get it. Okay, so how many push-ups do you think he could do? Uh, Come on. The way you just jumped up out of that seat, you better be able to give me me 20. No. Okay. Uh, How many do you think you could do? Do 10. Come on. You, you can do 20 push-ups. All right, let's go. Come on. Let's count them out loud. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, 
six, seven, eight. I think you can do 25. Come on, do 25. Come on, how many? 30. 30. 38. Hey, three. Woo. Come on. I don't know if you knew how many you could really do. I'm glad you could do more than 20 going to the gym, but because uh, I didn't want to have to outdo you up here. Come on, give it up for Darius. He said he didn't know how many he could do. Then he said, I, I, let's start with 10. Let's, no, let's do 20. Then no, we said, let's do 25. No, let's do 30. We, I just want to tell you, I know that's a really practical illustration. I could teach that from a lot of different angles, but the point is, is what you say has power. And we can speak life over somebody. You can do more. You can, you can, okay, I, I got to say this really quickly. She's not here today. Betsy, she's one of our worship team leaders. A few weeks ago, she was struggling with what she could think. This is, she told this testimony last, last uh, Sunday night in our, we have a leadership community group. And she said, man, I was really struggling about like, because she had to lead a part of the service. And she's like, man, all of a sudden I started having all these negative thoughts and all these, like, uh, I, I was going to struggle with the pitch and the range. And she said, Pastor Chuck, you had no idea. But at, right before you came and talked to me, I prayed, Lord, just send me a reminder that just help me be reminded that I can do this, that I got this, and that you're with me. And she said, you had no idea, but not 10 seconds later, you walked up to me and began to prophesy over me. And right over there behind that TV before they walked out on stage, and I don't do this all the time, but last week I said, Betsy, you are called for this moment. The anointing of God is on you. You can do this, and greater is he who's in you than who he who's in the world. And the things, I don't know exactly how I said it, but that changed in her, in her life. Because if you can change the way you think, you can change the way you feel. If you can change what you say, you can change what you feel. And if you can change the way you feel, changes how you live. Words have power. You and I have the ability to lift people up or tear them down. John Maxwell, I said this in one of our heart and souls before, uh, meetups before we ever launched a church. But John Maxwell, one of the late, late greatest leadership gurus, he has this principle called the elevator principle. And every life, every day, people in your life are coming into the elevator of your world. And you either take them up or you take them down. And your diction, your vocabulary determines their destination. Let's start building people up. Let's start building ourselves up. Stop tearing ourselves down. If we're, if we're talking to ourselves the most, let's get in and start confessing. Make your own declaration and confession that you say every day. And guess what? It takes discipline to live that out and to put it into practice, but it will be a discipline that will grow great fruit in your life. But here's the deal. Scripture says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So it's not just really fixing your mouth. It's about fixing your heart. Because you can say all the positive things you want, but if your heart is not right, you got to be careful. You'll start being critical of others because you got a judgmental heart. Because the way that we have judgmental heart or we have a critical heart or we have a, a heart that lacks faith is because somewhere along the line somebody's hurt us. We haven't really allowed God, as Scripture says in Ezekiel, that he'll replace our stony heart with a new heart. You need to let God change your heart. Because if you just take this 
this principle that I'm teaching today and all you do is try to enact positive words, that's only going to last for a short amount of time because it's out of the abundance of your heart that the mouth speaks. You need to let God change your heart. Today, I'm going to lead two prayers. The first prayer is a, first, is a prayer of salvation. Some of you, this is the first time you will have let God really take control of your life and surrender to Him. Maybe it's not the first time, but the first time in a long time, and we celebrate that. We call it a fresh start prayer. Let's pray together across the room. All the church family, pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it gives life. Thank you for your son, Christ, who died in my place so that I could live free, full of power and love. Today, I give my life holy to you. I confess my need for you, my Savior. I receive your love and today I am changed forever in Christ's name. Amen, amen. Come on, would you put your hands together all across the room? very possible if you've been in church for a long time, you maybe you've heard that prayer a lot or one like it, and you're like, oh, that's, that's sweet, but that doesn't really mean anything. No, it does. Your words hold creative power, okay? I know this sounds crazy, but it's so true. We were made in the image of God. How did our God make the world that we live in? He spoke it into existence, okay? What we say has power, Okay? What we say has power. There's so much to teach on this. I'm running out of time. But Scripture says in Romans 10 that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, salvation will come to you. Somebody can just, that just happened for you today. Salvation is yours. A fresh start with God is yours today because you confessed. Amen. All right, finally, I want to pray collectively over our church. Will you stand all across the room? Our prayer team is coming to the front. We're going to sing one final worship song. I'm going to pray with you. We want to give you an opportunity to lock arms with our prayer team if you have any need in your life. These guys have been praying for uh, this moment all throughout the week, and they'll pray with you after this week. But we believe that prayer is not a last resort, but it is a first resort, and prayer really does change our world. So, Heavenly Father, we close today's service and this moment uh, just so grateful for your love in our lives. We're so grateful that you do not see us as we are, but you see us for who we can become in you. That your love is all about the potential. Lord, and you you completely lift us up out of every situation. You, you see us as overcomers. You see us as royal priesthood. You, you call us loved and forgiven. Lord, we're grateful for that. Let us hear those words and let it resonate in our heart and let it change the way that we speak. Uh, fix our hearts on you. Those of us who've had a stony heart or a broken heart, Lord, renew it. Lord, because when we have a broken heart, when we have a heart that is an unfaithful heart, Lord, we begin to say things that are contrary to your will. But Lord, we want to say what your word says. And we know the biggest key in that is having the right condition of our heart. So those of us in the room, Lord, that need a change of heart, that you need to restore it. Uh, the stony heart that we have, God, we surrender that to you and we ask that you change it because we want to change the way we live by changing the way we speak. We want to say your words and declare continually over our life so that we can see the change that we have for each and every one of us. In Christ's name we pray. Everybody said amen. Thanks for joining us today. For more messages like this, visit glorybell.com. 